You're listening to the Girls on the Grid podcast with Tanea McLeod and Priya Richards. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Girls on the Grid podcast. It's great to be back. I've had a few weeks off and I'm feeling super motivated, ready to get back into it. And I'm actually very excited because today is probably one of my favorite episodes that I've ever done. I feel super lucky to have had a two-hour-long conversation with the amazing Rhiannon Gelsomino. She is an Australian rally navigator currently competing over in the US alongside Leah Block, who is the daughter of Ken Block. Um, Re gave me so much time. Uh, it was a nice early start for me, and I think it was kind of in the early afternoon for her, but she gave me so much time and we had such a good chat and she had so many interesting stories from over the course of her career and you know she has such a positive and upbeat outlook on everything she does. Honestly, I could have spoken to her for a lot longer, uh, but hopefully one day I can maybe run into her at a rally and yeah, we'll have to we'll probably have to do another episode to be honest. I think we could have talked for hours and hours. Um, as a lot of you guys might be noticing in my pattern of guests, I quite enjoy rallying. Um, I've done a bit of work in rally over the last year and a half and I really enjoy it. It's kind of just opened up a whole new world of motorsport for me, which I hadn't really experienced before and I just absolutely love it. And I think there's so many cool stories that come out of it and I hope you enjoy these next two episodes as much as I enjoyed recording them. So without further ado, let's get into part one with Rhiannon Gelsomino. Joining me all the way from Idaho in America today is Rhiannon Gelsomino. Rhiannon, thank you so much for joining me on the Girls of the Grid podcast. Thank you for having me and getting up so early to uh, work around the time difference here in Idaho so I appreciate it my pleasure I'm really I probably sound a little bit in my voice you can hear just the morning voice so don't mind me for those listening but yeah really looking forward to it so yeah thank you for joining me again and yeah you've been very busy lately um you've been doing a lot of traveling around uh in Australia and America racing alongside Leah Block Oz Rally Pro training and you've made time to join the podcast, so thanks for that again. And tell us a bit about what you've been doing the last few weeks. Yeah, it started out a busy year. Obviously, at the start of the year, we had a little bit of a change with the shock of Ken passing away. So that was a bit of a change for Alex and I to start the season straight away. Um, the last three years, I've been working with Travis Pastrana and Subaru Motorsport USA. And, and Travis let me know in about September, he would be taking the year off rally. And so... At that point, um, Ken heard that I might be available to sit with his daughter. So um, that's when we started chatting and, and it was decided in like November, December that um, I would start working with Leah um, and help her develop more. She's only 16 years old and I used to be a PE teacher. So I'm quite used to um, working with young girls that age. So the family thought it was a great idea and I've known Leah since she was four or five. So I think she thinks of me as Auntie Ree, but Auntie Ree probably pulls her into line sometime too. So um, obviously, yeah. So obviously um, this year was a little bit of a change. I went from um, winning rallies outright and going to the overall championship to now uh, mentoring and, and tutoring a 16 year old girl who's still pretty new to rallies. So 
One goal that Ken and I talked about at length was the fact that Leah was moving from a front-wheel drive car into a rear-wheel drive car, which was really cool, um, and what, what was expected this year. And one of the things that we were hoping to do is to win the two-wheel drive championship over here. And so, unfortunately, we missed the first round after everything that happened within the family. Um, so that meant that, you know, we were on the back foot, but we went to the round in a 100-acre wood and, and we come second there, which was really awesome. Um, and then we've just come back home from Olympus Rally where Leah and I actually won two-wheel drive. So she's definitely picked up the rear-wheel drive really quickly. Um, for a 16-year-old you know, female, male, whatever, she's a girl, I say, um, to be doing what she's doing is really cool and I'm really proud of her. So my year has definitely started out tough, but now to see, you know, the emotions of what we've been through and then to win at Olympus was really exciting. Yeah, that's amazing. And so how long has Leah actually been rallying for? Because she probably would have only just got her driver's license over there. Is is that right? Let's just say if you move to America and you want to rally early, move to Utah. Because um, okay. Leah at 15, when she turned 15, she had her license and was able to start rallying, which is unheard of, really. Um, so in Australia, definitely um, not possible. Um, I think in New Zealand, from memory, there was someone that was like some kids were racing over there when they were 15. So it was interesting on social media to see so many people posting, oh, that'd be right. Like Ken Block's daughter gets, you know, to rally early and all this. And, and then people started replying, no, you just need to live in Utah because in Utah at 15, you get your license. So the cool thing was she turned uh, 15 in October 2021. Um, and I think she got to do one rally at the end of that year because she was just old enough. Um, and then she did the full season in 2022 in a little R2. And then she's starting this year. So I think she's on maybe eight or nine rallies and she's like 16 and a half. So uh, it's pretty that cool. Is amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And I, I just think it's really cool that she has that passion that, you know, that her dad had and, and she's loving rallies. So it's really cool that she's stuck at it and I'm really proud to be there helping her along the way. And we'll come back to all that in just a second, but just to start off, we'd love to know a bit about, a bit more about your rallying background. So um, obviously you come from a family of, <laughs> of um, rally drivers with uh, your dad and your brothers, uh, Brendan and Nathan all driving. And uh, you've gone on to have an amazing career as a navigator and uh, yeah, just give us a bit of an insight into uh, what those early days were like and, and when you first started. Yeah, I guess I'm one of those kids that can say I can't remember a time in my life when I didn't have motorsport around me. Um, I grew up very involved in netball and tennis. Mum used to take me all around the country in Victoria playing tennis and playing netball and I was really interested in that and Dad would take my two brothers go-karting um so at the start I think it was more dad and the boys were doing the motorsport and my sister and I were doing tennis and netball um but yeah dad was a speedway driver from a young age um and by the time us kids come along he'd stop doing speedway and move to rally um so I think he was maybe about 25 and I must have been three or four or something like that when dad started rallying so from the early memories I can remember going spectating you know and, and I was the oldest of four kids so I can remember us getting out into the forest and it being dark and waiting for dad to come past that quick one time and then taking off again in the forest to find somewhere else or 
the funny stories of when we were with our grandma, she used to love going everywhere racing. And and we we one time said to her, is there any bears? And my poor (gasps) grandma, she's just like, I think there was three of us. I don't think my, I don't think Brennan was born at that stage. And and my poor grandma was like, there's koalas, but like, I don't think there's (laughs) any bears because it's dark and like that we're waiting for dad. And she's got these kids and we're all like getting scared and, so she was like, no, you'll be fine. So there was no bears, thank goodness. Maybe if I was in America, I could have worried about that. But um, so, yeah. So then, yeah, dad went on to win a couple of Victorian Rally Championships, I think in 90, let me see, 97 and 2003 or something like that. Um, and in 2003, my brothers had been like doing a lot of go-karting by that stage and and Nathan had moved into rallying um, and Brendan had been autocrossing and, as well and, and it was at that point where dad was like, I need to retire and let my kids move into the rally scene. So I personally did a karting race when I was like 16 or 17 because dad made me do it um, to make me learn some skills for my driver's license. Um, and then on our property in Wedderburn, we have a rally track. So uh, all of us started like building like bush bombs uh, and racing around the rally track. A few of them got rolled and crashed into trees. And oh, luckily, God. Dad made us make homemade roll cages if you if you could call them that. So <laughs> so it kept us a little bit safer. And uh, I got a Datsun sixteen hundred, which is now Brendo's Datsilla. Um, and so I got it. It was just yeah, it was a road car at the time, and I just bolted a half cage into it and made it my autocross car so i started traveling all around victoria doing the victorian autocross championship in my little datsun 1600 um and brendo would do it in his datsun 240z and nate would do some in his datsun as well and my sister bianca she wasn't interested in it so we'd travel around victoria i won the victorian ladies ladies autocross championship quite a few times and I really enjoyed driving and things like that, but I also realized my brothers were ma- way better than me. So, so uh, dad, dad suggested, I think it was either towards the end of 2004 or five that um, I should start learning to be a co-driver to sit with Brendo because Brendo was showing a lot of skills and talent for 16 or whatever he was. Um, so yeah, that's when my career turned to, hey, maybe I'll try this co-driving thing and, and see if it works. But the funny part was on the school bus to school every day, I had to sit at the front of the bus because I got travel sickness. So I'm like, Dad, how do you see this working? Yeah. <laughs> how do you see this working when I can't even sit anywhere on a school bus but the front because I get travel sickness? And I said, and you want me to read, well, maps or pace notes or road book in a rally car through cliffs and trees and everything like that when I can't even go on a school bus. Oh, you'll be okay. Uh, okay. So my first three rallies, I was very, very sick. And I was like, yeah. I do. and that was with poor Nathan. So imagine Nathan, he's like, yeah, I'll let my sister come in to learn. And I keep being sick in his rally. <laughs> oh no. Uh, so anyway, we, um, yeah, I got over those first three rallies and I loved it. And yeah. And obviously that's where it all started for me and, and, and how it like worked to where I am today. And how do you, how do you get used to just being in a rally car just on that? Because I haven't really thought about it, but yeah, being a you're a rally nav, but can't sit on a school bus. How does that work? 
believe me, it was a lot of ginger tablets and all sorts of bracelets yeah, that you try. They're like, oh, everyone would be like, try this bracelet. If you go on like a, a cruise on a ship, it works something. And a cruise on a ship is a little bit different to me racing, you know, rally cars through forests and cliffs. Like, but I, I started to realize that my travel sickness was more of a nerves thing. So I, I started being, um, very careful in number one what I was eating obviously so I'd only like have toast or something in the mornings um and drink lots Less of, drink lots of water <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly my brother was happy um so yeah I and then I just started the, the more I got into it the less nervous I become and and the getting sick thing disappeared so I kept taking the ginger tablets for like I think my first couple of seasons just out of you know fear that I would get sick um, but yeah, it's not something I've had to worry about for many years. Thank goodness. But definitely it's obviously without Osirelli pre-training, we train a lot of new people and it's one of the questions that they ask, like I get travel sick, just reading a magazine while my husband's driving along a road or something like that. So sometimes it puts people off, but I always say to them, like, still give it a go because my first three, I was really sick and now I don't have a problem. So I said, you know, don't just not chase a dream or a goal or something you'd love to do just because you the fear of you know being sick like even if you are sick you know you be sick you clean it up and then you're like do I try again or not <laughs> you know so there's no harm in you know and a lot of there's a lot of females that I've been working with that they want to get into it and they're really interested but it's such a worry for them because they're like oh imagine if my driver yells at me because I'm sick and things like that so you know, I, I say to them, the recce will usually tell you if, if you're okay doing the recce, you're usually going to be okay in the rally car. So it's definitely something I'm, I'm happy I got over. Yeah, it's such a big part of it that I guess you don't really <laughs> think about, but then you go, oh, actually, hang on, that'd definitely be a thing. Yeah. Um, but what's it like rallying alongside your siblings? I can imagine there'd be, you'd probably have your typical like sibling banter, but I'm sure it also must be super rewarding because, you know, especially winning rallies together. What was that like? Yeah, definitely. Um, Brendo and I are eight years apart, so I'm eight years older. So when I was 18, he was only 10 and I was leaving to university. So we didn't have that sibling uh, rivalry or clashes that I definitely had with my brother, Nathan. So Nathan's only two years younger than me and we grew up like at each other as most, you know, siblings are. So it would be actually interesting for Nathan and I to do a rally together now because when I raced with him, I think I've done maybe five rallies with him. It was like the last race I did with him was 2008. So we're talking a long, long time ago. And at that point, he was way more experienced than me. And he was the one saying, you know, in 2005 for my first ever rally, he was the one saying, yeah, I'll let Rhiannon co-drive for me, no problem. And so he's done some rallies, I've done none. I'm having to make mistakes and learn. I'm being sick in his car. All these things are going on and he's having to have the patience to put up with that. So I think we were maybe, we're coming second or we might've been winning one of our, like maybe our third rally or something. And I still remember we crashed and we're upside down in his Datsun and we're in the middle of the forest and it's freezing. And the only, and we're both mad at each other because we're on maps and it was terrible and I hated it. And I'm like, this maps is stupid. And, and, um, and so we're freezing cold. And the only way we could keep warm was putting our backs to each other to get the warmth <laughs> of each other. Cause we're way too mad at each other to like be any closer than that. And we're a brother and sister. So we're like 
we're freezing. How are we going to warm up? So we put our backs against each other and, and there was lots of arguments going on, let's just say. So Nathan and I definitely worked out pretty quickly that the sibling thing wasn't going to work for us. Um, yep. But Brenda... <laughs> But Brendo and I have raced in, I think it's like 82 rallies together in 15 or 16 countries all over the world. We've won rounds in New Zealand, Australia, the Asia Pacific Championship. We've been on podiums in the Junior World Championship. Like Brendo and I, I don't, I don't ever remember us ever having a fight or a disagreement or argument in all our rallying together. So it's been pretty amazing to be honest and and we've taught each other so many things and and you know learned from each other and he obviously does driver training at our track in Wedderburn and I do you know my Oz Rally pro training so not only have we grown and developed together we now give back to the sport by sharing our knowledge with others so in all honesty it's been pretty cool process to move through with both my brothers and my dad and and learn everything I've learned and get to where I've got. Yeah that's amazing and how often do you actually see each other? Because it's great you're working together now, but Brendo, he's back in Australia and you're back in over in Idaho. So, yeah, how often <laughs> do you catch up with the family? Yeah, so I, I moved over here full time in like December 2012. So it's been quite a long time now. Um, but in 2013, Brendo did the two-wheel drive American championship and we did the Australian Rally Championship together. So we were seeing each other a lot then. I think it was like 12 races together or something. And then 2014 and uh, 14, we did the Australian Rally Championship together. But then it started slowing down after that. So in 15, I think we maybe only got to do one rally together. And then 16, we did some New Zealand and Australian and stuff. So it's sort of a mix of what's happening and, and what I've got on here versus him in Australia. But at the 2019 was our last rally together and at that point that's when I got at the end of that year uh, for 2020 I got my contract with Travis Pastrana so there was a lot more restrictions from Subaru on what I was and not able to do so you know going back to Australian racing in different manufacturer cars other than Subaru was was not possible anymore so uh, we did target Tasmania in the Hyundai 2019 um, and then after that, I had to only be in Subarus for 2020 and 21 and 22 with Travis. And and realistically, I wasn't able to do other rallies anyway. So it, it, it's been strange for me because I absolutely love racing with my brother. It's where my passion is. It's It's what I really love doing. But on the same hand, you know, when I think about it, like Travis Pastrana has become like a brother to me too now. So he's one of my best mates. And I've loved racing with him. So I think I've learned lots of things from, you know, branching out and racing with different people as well. So, uh, you know, I can't wait till Brendan and I get to race together again because we love that. But uh, for now, it'll just be uh, when I get to go home and see my family, it's awesome. This year, it'll be a few times because I'm doing some Australian rounds with a young Indonesian driver, Gandhi. So that's been good. Um, but otherwise, some years it's just hit and miss. And you've had a good taste of both the Aussie and American lifestyle. Which one would you say you prefer? <laughs> I got to admit, Idaho is like the Wild West. So I I love here that like there's no rules. <laughs> yeah. If you want to yeah. get it, if you want to sit in the back of the Ute, and you know, if four of you in the back of Ute, and you're going down the road to go to someone's house, they don't even care. It's, it's honestly like Australia 30 years ago. It's it's hard to even explain. 
you know, motorcycles don't have to wear helmets, which I'm not saying that's a good thing, but people just make the choice. If you want to be crazy enough to ride your motorcycle, you know, a hundred kilometers per hour down the road with no helmet on, okay, go for it. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's my family comes here and they're like, this is so cool. There's no rules. You can do what you want. So I don't know. Some people might not like that lifestyle, but love that I can you know do as I please and and it's like really cool and we live out on 40 acres in the mountains which is absolutely beautiful um so yeah my lifestyle you know changed quite a bit compared to Wedderburn in Victoria where it's all flat I don't think we have any elevation (laughs) yeah compared to living in the when I first moved over I moved to Park City Utah which was very very high elevation and and a snow place like you know eight months of snow I think my first year over here and I was like what have I done um but now I only now I get less snow I still get a lot of snow but less snow and and you know the summers are hot so that's like Australia but yeah it's definitely um the the good thing for me about being here is it's given me opportunities that I guess I wouldn't have had in Australia so you know working with Subaru and Travis and then now working with Leah so there's, there's been a lot of positives, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. And we'll get into that now. So obviously you're racing alongside Leah, um, but you've also been involved with the Block family a lot over the years. And Ken Block was an amazing driver and really fortunate for you that you got to spend a lot of time with him and now racing with his daughter. So yeah, what are just kind of some of the best moments working with the with a family of, of that pedigree and that talent? <laughs> Yeah, to be honest, it's been pretty cool over the years because not only, you know, has Brendo been over and we won the American Two-Wheel Drive Championship in 2013, but at that time, uh, Ken and Alex were in Ford and and Brendo and I were in a Ford, so we were teammates with them then and we got to know, obviously, um, Alex and I were were married and and everything and so Brendo got to know the family really well too Um, and we were really, um, you know, you know, here's, here's these two Aussie kids and all of a sudden you're working alongside Ken Block. Um, but it turned into lot many other things as well. Like Brendo and I were gravel crew for Ken and Alex um, at WRC in Spain. Um, Brendo had done that for Hayden Padding quite a few times in the World Championship and I'd done it for Hayden as well. And and then Ken and Alex asked us to do it for them as, as well. And then last year, Brendo came over and coached Leah um in america as well so we've had a lot of you know times where we've um done work with the block family as well whether it's been coaching or working directly with them and um you know to for two young country aussie kids to have those opportunities to work with such big names has been really exciting and you know when i got in the car with travis pastrana obviously travis is a big name in motorsport as well and then I was working, racing directly against Alex and Ken. So um, that's probably been my biggest highlight in all of this in moving to America is, you know, winning the American championship in 2021. My dream always was to win a national championship. I thought it would be an Australian one, but um, I've started with the American one first and let's hope Brenda and I can still do the Australian part. Um, but yeah, like to actually in outright cars against my husband um, and Ken was, was so cool. Uh, we used to laugh because people would always, everyone always just thought Alex and I were going to the races and we were staying together and all those sort of things. And we're like, 
no we have different hotel rooms we may be not even in the same hotel like we're racing each other we're here to win like yep. there's no there's no pillow talk or sharing information exactly and, and so the, those three years were interesting because when you have to you know race against your husband and you're trying to beat each other and you can't talk about any tactics you can't talk about anything and then whoever wins whether it would be me or him you then get on a plane and a lot of time we weren't on the same flights home but then when you get home and, and, and you're sitting across from each other at the desk and you're preparing for the next rally and, uh, you know, there, there was some tension in the house, let's just say. So sure. <laughs> it's definitely uh, a little bit easier this year now that we're teammates with Alex working with Lucy Block and, and me with Leah Block because obviously now we can share information, we can help each other out. And, and you know, like recce schedules, for example, which I was working on last night, you know, I can say to Alex, oh, do you think we should go here or here? Or I'm thinking we should start there. So it's nice. Whereas the last three years, it's been like, don't look at my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. There's all those little things that you wouldn't wouldn't think about, really. But you are competitors. A few years ago where I think it was either 2014 or 15, there was discussion that I might sit with Travis back then. But Travis was with Subaru and Ken was with Ford. And, and it was they just weren't happy about the fact that both cars would have gel Sabino on the side and there were two manufacturers competing against each other. Um, the only reason the opportunity come up that I could actually get in the car with Travis was Ken left Ford and all of a sudden he was a free agent. Um, and so Travis was, was Subaru and Ken was a free agent. So it's not like there was two gel Saminos in direct opposition in manufacturers. So that's where the, the door opened and I quickly jumped through it and, and was like, this is cool that finally I can grab that opportunity. Because a lot of time, you know, I've actually been asked by two teams to do Dakar, um, this following Dakar, and there's a lot of opportunities that pop up and sometimes you can take them and sometimes you can't. And and the people that have contacted me about doing it, it's, it's interesting because I did Dakar training in Qatar back in 2015 or 14, I can't remember where it was, for like a week. And... Um, I left there very unconfident in in going and competing in Dakar and knowing that if I chose to do that, I needed to do a lot more training. So it's been interesting because I'm saying to Alex, I I don't know if I want to do it, if that makes sense. Um, But at the same time, my gut is telling me if you don't jump at an opportunity like this and learn, it may never come again. So it's an interesting uh, feeling that I'm going through right now, knowing that back then a door was closed and it wouldn't open until finally, you know, someone left Ford or whatever. Whereas this is, hey, here's an opportunity for you. You know, why aren't you taking it? And I'm like being hesitant. So it, it's interesting how sometimes, you know, things happen and you're like, I'm not really sure if I'm ready for that, I guess. Did you did you find it a bit unfair that they weren't happy just with another Gelsomino being on the car initially because like you know it's a even though you're connected to each other with the last name the actual like brand like you're both racing against one another it just feels a bit yeah do it feel unfair yeah it felt very unfair and I think that one thing that Alex and I really wanted to prove once we were both in direct opposition um competing for wins in the national championship we wanted to prove that number one we're both professional co-drivers and number two we both want to win so we would never jeopardize yeah. our our you know commitment to the sport and love the sport and passion you know 
by sharing information or something like that. Like it, it would never even cross our mind. So it was really nice that Travis mm-hmm. and Ken both trusted that and, and they knew how committed we were. They, they saw that, you know, there was never any um, time when we were ever talking about things we shouldn't be or something like I was at Travis and, uh, Travis had done the stupid base jump where, where he hurt himself when he was doing the gym Carter at the start of last year. And Alex and Ken were in Africa racing in the safari rally. And I'm at Travis's house on the other side of America in Maryland doing preparation for the second round because now he's injured and we can't do the first round. And he gets off a phone call and he comes up and he's like, Re, why wouldn't you tell me that Ken and Alex are in a world rally car this year? And I'm like, because I didn't know. And he was like, how could you not know Ken could have been in a world rally car this year? And I'm like, because we don't share any information. I'm like, we don't, we don't talk about anything. And he's like, no, you, you, he's definitely told you. And I'm like, I am telling you now, when he calls me from Africa later today, uh-huh. I'm going to be like, you're in a world rally car this year and you didn't tell me. I'm like, I definitely don't know. So it was actually good for Travis to realize that we 100% did, did not discuss any information. And most of the time, someone else might find out before me. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely legit. Oh wow. Yeah. Um and yeah, just just uh we'll talk a bit about Alex. So here at Girls on the Grid, we love a good love story. So can you tell us a bit about how you met Alex? Obviously Alex and I are both professional co drivers. Um so we we've worked, we've talked about this quite often, him and I trying to work out when we first might have met or things like that. It's quite funny because we worked out in two thousand and eight. We were definitely both doing rally new zealand around of the world rally championship and we think we were both broken down in the same stage maybe two or three hundred meters away from each other so we laugh about that um and then there's a photo in 2011 where we're doing a signing at rally australia and it's um alex then ken then brendo then i so we're doing we've got the posters we're doing a signing and we obviously talk to each other and whatever but you know nothing more we were both there to race um and 2011 brendo and i were doing the junior world championship and ken and alex were doing the world championship in the wrc car and then in 2012 brendo and i were doing the junior world championship again and ken and alex i think maybe did three or four world rounds in the world rally car that year um and yeah alex actually reached out to brendo and, and asked if he could take his sister on a date or something like that i think or something happened like that because we're there racing and it's like you know we're here racing we can't be focused on other things I think Brenda said yeah after the after the rally or as long as she's focused and after the rally or something like that so (laughs) so we started dating towards the end of 2012 and obviously um we were both traveling all the all over the world racing and and we had to work out well if we're actually going to make this work what country are we going to actually live in so alex is an italian um and has an italian passport and he's an american has american passport so he's a citizen in both countries um and i was obviously a citizen in australia so we had to make a decision you know where would be the best place to live and europe was obviously an option um because it's close to the rallying and everything uh, but Alex was general manager for Ken at that time as well. So the best opportunity was for me to, um, you know, move over here and and um, live and work over here and travel for my racing from America. So I'm now a 
dual citizen as well. I'm American and Australian citizen, so that's pretty cool. And and yeah, I mean, Alex and I both have the same love and passions, and um, we started Oz Rally Pro together in December 2020, 2013, um, so nearly 10 years ago. Um, and it's funny because we both have the same love and passion, but our personalities are completely different. So I'm like the little social butterfly and I just bought Alex a t-shirt that says something like anti-social racing club or something. I can't remember. It's something. I like saw that. that. Yeah, I yeah. saw that on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's Alex and then you've got me. So it's quite funny. Because it works. It works perfectly. <laughs> it works. So, um, so you, when I come up with this, I said, I'm missing teaching. I loved my teaching. I was really passionate about it. Um, in 2005, I won Teacher of the Year for Victoria. And so giving up teaching was really tough for me um, because I knew that to follow my dream of being a, a professional co-driver and I still dream of being World Rally Champion one day. I'm only 42, so, you know, I've still got time. <laughs> um, but <Yeah. laughs> to follow that dream, it meant sacrifices and you know, like I said, I'm 42, I don't have kids and stuff, but then I also had to quit my teaching. Um, so it was a big step for me to take that risk and, and, and do that. And that's when I said, Alex, well, I don't want to miss out on teaching people. Um, and so I said, I'd love to start a business where we could train people um, in what we know and what we're passionate about. Um, and we, it was interesting at the start, a lot of people that were professionals as well weren't too happy about what we were doing because they're like, we had to do 10 years of racing to learn what you're teaching a new novice co-driver. Um, why would you be doing that? And and my theory was, I want to make the sport better. So if I can teach a novice all the skills that I know and all the mistakes I've made when I was a novice, so that then they get up to speed really quickly. Um, for me, that's really important. Um, so even though there was people that I think were not too happy about it, now we've been doing it for nearly 10 years. And I think people have seen that, especially in America, uh, where I feel like the rallying was a little bit behind some of the other countries, you know, we've helped bring up the level and, and it's meant that there's a lot more people that are that are capable of doing things that would have maybe taken them five years to learn. So in Australia, we've trained a lot of people as well. And, and I'm just really proud to see our students out there. And so for Alex, that was, you know, Mr. Antisocial and um, social butterfly here uh, for him to be like, we're going to teach people. I don't even know how to teach, you know? So it was, it was an interesting part of our relationship to say that, you can teach it. You just need to think about how you do it. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, I just do it. Yeah. Um, whereas, and even teaching him about different learners, you know, and because I was a school teacher, yeah. I understood that some kids learn by reading, some kids learn by seeing, so, you know, all these sort of things. Well, adults are the same. So right? much to it. <laughs> so you have to make sure that if there's someone who, you know, really wants to read it and they want to go over everything, you know, you have to cater to that. Or if someone just needs to be out doing recce practice because that's what works for them, that's what you do. So that's also been interesting because you get a lot of personalities and characters as well when you're training people. So there's been lots of fun things and we get to travel the world. We get to go lots of places. Sometimes Alex and I are apart for six weeks because, you know, I'm in Scotland racing and he's in New Zealand racing or 
whatever's happening. Um, but the cool thing is we're never upset about it or grumpy about it because we both love the same thing and, and it's really cool. Yeah, it's so. it must be so nice just being able to share that passion. And it's good because, you know, you've got that understanding as well. Then you can understand when you're, when you're going to be apart for, for weeks on end. So, yeah, that's really nice. But, um, yeah, tell us a bit about Oz Rally Pro and what the program entails and a, a bit of what you guys do. Yeah, so to start off with, I guess it was really looking at um, developing co-drivers um, and teaching co-drivers the breakdown and steps um, of preparation for a rally and then, you know, the, the art of co-driving. Um, but then we quickly realised that even though we weren't drivers and, and we don't have to write pace notes, with all our experience, we knew a lot more than most drivers about pace notes as well. So training has quite a few different things that we do now in the nine and a half years or whatever it's been. We've built up many different um classes and things like that so we we start off with one-on-one training um, and one-on-one training can be a driver that comes to learn pace note training Um, all of our training um, that is just our one-on-one is just in recce cars so someone turns up in their uh, you know Toyota RAV4 um, and we go out and we do recce training just on roads that we find around in the area so if it's in Wedderburn in Victoria where my family is we've got a good set of roads there as well so we start off in the classroom, we go through, you know, um, what they're doing and things like that. And then we head out and we do the practical work of the reconnaissance. And then we do video analysis of it as well. So the driver pace noting is looking at, hey, where are your pace notes now and where can we help you? Um, the co-driver training, when we do it one-on-one, is very similar, but we're going to talk about, you know, show us what you're doing with your pace notes. How do they look? How do you set them out? Are you crowding the notes? Um, and then we go do recce, recce training with them as well and help them on, you know, how do they deliver the notes to the driver? How should the notes be spaced out on their, on their book and things like that? Um, but the, the, big, the biggest one-on-one class that we encourage is a team class. So the driver and co-driver both come for two days. And over those two days, we work on, you know, building them as a team. Um, how do they work together? How can they better work together in the rally car? Uh, what are they doing well? Uh, what things do we need to work on? And things like that so i think for us our one-on-one team training is our favorite Uh, but we also do class trainings now because it becomes so popular that we couldn't really keep up with the demand Um, so we started in america doing trainings at dirtfish Um, dirtfish contacted us it's a rally school here in seattle Um, and they wanted to do a course for two days where at the end of the course uh, the co-drivers were actually calling notes in rally cars to their instructors so i possibly think it's the only one in the world where we get to have them in a classroom we do recce and then they get to call notes in rally cars so um we're really proud of that program it's on to uh when i think in two weeks we have our eighth one that we've ever done which is really cool and each time there's there's 12 co-drivers in that class um so that's been exceptional and we're really proud of that and then to branch off from that in Australia with COVID and everything, I wasn't able to get back for some time. So there was a lot of people feeling like they missed out on training. So I come up with a one day co-driver class where they can come for a day. um, And it's like 12 to 15 students, depending on the class. Um, And they come and we, it's just a classroom setting. So we don't get to do any recce practice, but it's a less expensive class. More people can afford it. 
and for a whole day we work on you know all the different things of being a co-driver and and that's been really successful in australia and trained a lot of people in the last couple of years doing that in bendigo i've done in canberra i've done it in sydney um tasmania so it's been moving around i've had a fair few inquiries of going to queensland so I've got to look into that. It's busy when I get home and I'm trying to do one here and here. And then they're saying, why haven't you done one in Perth? Why haven't you done one in Queensland? I'm like, I'm doing my best. (laughs) So um, it's... it's, You're in demand. (laughs) It's just great. I just love it. And Kate Catford, who uh, Kate Raymond now, um, who's sitting with Brendo, uh, she's she's trained with us us twice before. So it's really cool. There's a lot of people in Australia that have now trained with us. And I think we looked at... There was a rally in America last weekend and the top five cars, so that's 10 people, eight of the 10 people had trained with us. So that was really cool. So, yeah, it's definitely a passion of mine and I love it. And and it's definitely, if people aren't sure about it and they listen to this, just email ozrallypro at gmail.com and I can give you information or or check out our Instagram page, ozrallypro or Facebook page, and you'll be able to find more information that, I think it's a really cool way to get into the sport. Yeah, absolutely. We'll put a link in our um, show description as well. So anyone listening, the it'll the website will be linked. And also, like, is there was that um, but when when you started it, was that something that had been around before, or is it, you know, yeah? Because I, I've I've never really heard of people having that kind of training and rallying it always just comes from experience so yeah it's kind of the first of its kind yeah and so brendo and i had had a few people come up to the track in wedderburn um that asked if he could do some coaching with driving and me with co-driving and so we'd done little bits and pieces and that's where i sort of got the idea of hey like there's nothing really in the world like this and I was a school teacher, so I understand learning styles and techniques and good ways to teach people and things like that. So why not, you know, my two loves and passions of teaching and rallying, why not join the two um, and create a business that can help grow and develop the sport um, rather than just you know, being that co-driver that keeps all that information to myself? You know, that 18 years of rallying now, why shouldn't I share what I know? Because you know, I just want to see the sport be better. And I want, and a lot, the cool thing is a lot of girls come and do our training because I am female and they start to think that it's not so intimidating. So they see, you know, I'm out there racing with Travis Pastrana or, you know, um, guys that are at the elite end of their sport. Um, I've also raced with cool people like Bucky Lassick, who's won countless gold medals in skateboarding and Kurt Busch, who's a NASCAR racer. So, I've raced with other big names from other, um, you know, areas of sport, whether it be skateboarding or NASCAR or whatever. So I think it's good for females to see that, hey, this co-driving thing, they can learn by coming and doing a class and you can work with so many different cool people if you work really hard and, and you're committed and you give you make sacrifices, you know. So it's, you know, at some of our dirtfish classes, it's nearly 50-50 just, between the female male mix which has been really cool for me to see as well because you know to think that those girls have come along because they've watched me and followed me and now feel comfortable to come and train which is awesome yeah I I love that about rally I've always found in my involvement in it as well it does seem very equal do you think over time it's just getting 
better and better. Yeah, I agree with you. Like growing up, I was watching Sue Evans and Coral Taylor. So, you know, um, they were fantastic role models winning the Australian Rally Championship with female co-drivers. So it's definitely a motorsport where we see more females involved, whether it be on the co-driver side, driver, mechanics, team managers, things like that. I definitely think that I see, you know, more girls or ladies, whatever we want to say, out there racing um, compared to other motorsports, which is really cool. And I think there is some good role models that we can look up to, especially, you know, for me, like I said, um, Sue Evans is, I don't know, four times Australian champion, maybe more, Coral Taylor the same. Um, And now here I am in America winning the American championship. So to see females winning, even though we're not in the driver's seat, we're still in that car and we're as just important as the driver. If we we call a note wrong, we're going to crash off a cliff just as much as if they make a mistake. So I definitely think rally is one where we can get young girls involved and encourage them and show them it's not so scary and girls are definitely accepted and and it's something that, you know, I was involved in um, the Women in Motorsport Summit in Dirtfish in March, and that was with Michelle Mouton and Penella Solberg. And on our panel, we discussed all the all these things, and we talk about the pyramid of, of motorsport, and, you know, at the top of the pyramid is the pinnacle of where we all want to get, um, and how do we get more girls, you know, to come up through the pyramid um, and want to work to the top. And, and Michelle Mouton spoke about, you know, the fact that it's a lot of sacrifices that as a female, you may have to make that are different to a male. So for me, for example, I'm 42 years old and I don't have any children. Um, That's a decision I made as a sacrifice to continue to race and and chase my dreams. Um, For a male, that's not something that they have to think about as much because if if them and their wife choose to have a, a child, their wife can usually be at home looking after them. They can go race. So, you know, it, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like, how do we, you know, get more girls into engineering or, you know, all those different things. And so it was a really cool panel to talk about, you know, different ideas um, from Michelle Mouton, who's the best female rally driver we've ever seen in the world. Um, Amazing. Uh, hopefully Leah, we might have Leah Block come up. That'd be great. Um yeah, and, Absolutely. and Penella with Petta being her husband and world rally champion and Oliver doing everything he's doing. Um, it was really cool just to discuss the different, you know, opinions and thoughts. And we all agree with you that rally was definitely all of us, Michelle, um, Penella and I are all involved in rally and we definitely felt like it was an easier way to be involved in motorsport than maybe V8 supercars or Formula One or something like that. So I'm definitely happy that my family introduced me, that's for sure. And so for you, who do you look up to? Who's inspired you in your rallying career? I mean, Michelle Mouton, we grew up, um, we had the video player um, and dad would play the <laughs> old group group Bs and days of rallying group A and all that sort of stuff. And Michelle was someone we would watch um, and her co-driver was Fabrizia Pons. Um, and Fabrizia Pons is obviously the most decorated female co-driver as well as far as her wins with um, Michelle. So I definitely idolised Fabrizia um, and then locally Coral and, and Sue definitely because they were local role models that I could actually talk to and, and know and learn from. Um, the cool thing with Fabrizia and Michelle is that um, I've actually now trained with Fabrizio. When I did the training in Qatar for Dakar, 
Fabrizia was the coach and we're oh. good fr- we're good friends now and yeah she broke her collarbone in a racing accident I think it was last year and I'd broken my collarbone in a mountain biking accident and, and had a carbon fiber brace made so I could keep racing so it's pretty cool to think as this little girl growing up watching Fabrizia co-driving with Michelle and what they were achieving and now she's like hey Re, um can you tell me about how you got that carbon fiber brace made to cover your clavicle when you broke and I'm like this is so cool like she's reaching out to me to ask you know so then I sent so her cool. yeah I sent her pictures and then she got one made similar to me so she could keep racing and mind you like I, this is I broke mine five years ago so I was like 37 she's like in her 60s and saying I need to get like a, a carbon fiber so I can keep racing I'm like if I was 60 I don't know I don't know if I'd be too worried I might be like oh, I, I'm gonna sit on the sidelines for six weeks whereas she was like and and that's where she's just so passionate and she's amazing and and you know it's Fabrizia is definitely someone that, that I've always looked up to and I think that to see her still racing and still having the passion that she's always had is incredible and there's actually a movie um that come out uh maybe I think it's called the queen of speed maybe um it's about Michelle Mouton you can oh. find you can find on YouTube and it's Michelle Mouton write that down it's brilliant um Michelle Mouton and then Fabrizia is on it as well and it it goes through her whole life about how she got into it and then it shows about her racing and she's an incredible woman her father passed away with cancer on the morning that she needed to win the rally I think it was to win the world championship and it'll show you in the documentary um I'll, I'll try and send you the link too it's really good um and she yeah. did not tell anyone except for Britzia that her father had passed away because she had to focus on the race that day so she goes and races and she's racing it's all these men you know no other women um just her and Fabrizia they're out there racing and she's that tough and that mentally strong that she has not said a word to anyone because she knows that her dad wants her to go out there and try and win and that's what matters i got goosebumps talking about it um that's amazing i've watched it twice it's it's really good you would love it because you're into motorsport as much as me and i've i've told a lot of female i should actually post it on my social media because it's a really really good motivator and, yeah and, and, see i didn't i didn't know about it so yeah yeah it's really I, it. I think it even won some awards like it's really cool um and it, it's a B, bbc or I, i'm not sure a Ameri- uh, british company um produced it and they interview like walter roll they interview different competitors and stuff and it's really cool if it i'll i'll repost it too to think about it because it's i especially being on the panel with her in in march um and i've known her she's judge brendo and i and pirelli star driver and i've known i've known michelle for a long time mainly as her always judging us which was quite funny because then to be on a panel and we're like on equal terms and talking i'm like michelle it's so nice to just be here as a friend versus being here with you having to judge us and not being she couldn't really be herself um so but yeah that that's a really cool documentary to watch us for sure and that is part one with Rhiannon Gelsomino. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll be back next week with more of Rhiannon's story. So keep your ears out. In the meantime, though, I hope you all have a fantastic week and we will see you very soon. You've just listened to another Network R production.